This is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. We'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Linda Cobb. Um, She was uh, a parent of John D. We called him John D. I think you call him John David. I do, but uh, that's okay. John D. And so he came in the second year when we, we kind of expanded our... Uh, enrollment that year, a major expansion to go up to ninth grade and then decide to build a high school with that group. And John D. was a unique individual in that he was uh, part of that first group, but technically he was part of the second group on his age. And, and you guys made that decision along the way that you really wanted him to graduate in the second graduating class as opposed to he could have graduated in the first graduating class if, if you would have wanted. I think he was brilliant. Uh, when he was here. I loved having John D in class, but we want to just welcome Linda to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So to start with, uh, I gave a little bit of information there, but what um, what went into you guys making that decision? Because whenever you came over to the school, um, at that time we had about seven cottages, uh, maybe less. We had a family center, and that was pretty much all that was on campus. So people that drive on our campus today and they see all of the buildings and the development that we've had uh, in the last 10 years, that's not what you saw uh, when you were coming looking for a place for John D. And so what kind of went into that of, of why did you guys decide to land a, at CBA and, and be part of what we were doing? Well, um, the decision for us for middle school was really tortured. Um, he had gone to a small private elementary school before you all existed. and. Um, And I was the last parent in that elementary school to make the middle school decision. Um, And we had chosen to go to a small school called Greenway. Okay. And Greenway um, announced midway through his sixth grade year that they would be closing. Mm. And I was really impressed with the way that Greenway had handled uh, their educational process because the sixth through eighth graders were all taught together and John David was a fairly gifted child and so I knew he could work with the eighth graders if he was able to do that. Yeah. And so when they clo- closed or announced they were closing, I was beside myself and I started scrambling and looking around and one of his former elementary school teachers said, well, I know about this school in Maryville and I think you would love it. And so I came over and I talked to Pat and um, I talked to her about uh, starting a middle school, and y'all had a small cohort, cohort of ninth graders, yeah. but not middle school kids, because I think you were planning to grow up the elementary school yeah. to, be the, to fill the middle school. And I said, well, I've got a deal for you, because I have about 20 middle schoolers who really are looking for a place, and I also have three fabulous middle school teachers who are looking for a job, And so we started having discussions and I realized they were bringing, they brought over a bunch of the Greenway teachers to Clayton Bradley. And and then I approached y'all about pushing John David up a grade because he has a kind of an interesting background. He had a stroke when he was born and it left him partially deaf. Mm -hmm. And he had some physical uh, differences and um, he, we didn't find out he was deaf until he was older, until he was four or five, because he had so many health issues when he was young. Okay. Um, 
And so they made me hold him back from kindergarten. And, um, and I was fine with that. But I also knew he was wicked smart and yeah. wanted to be challenged academically. And y'all allowed us to do that, to move him up and work with older kids. And so um, that's kind of how we got here. Yeah. And for people that may not know, that's how we uh, ended up with Liz Shugart. Uh, which is, you know, many people love her in sixth and seventh grade now is where she is. She's taught actually multiple grade levels as we've kind of grown, and and uh, she's always stayed in that middle school grouping. I think that's her sweet spot, but uh, that's how she came to us was right. through this connection, and, and we've loved Liz uh, being part of our school. You know, something that I loved about teaching John, John D. was the differences that you were talking about. He just embraced those. You know, his, he, it, it was like, it, I don't know in, you know, personal conversations that you had with him as mother and son, this may have been different, but, you know, in the classroom, he knew, he knew his physical limitations and he knew when to just ask for help. He knew when to, you know, make light of something and, and move on. And, and it was great having him in class, just the fact that he, he embraced it. You know, he didn't, at least he didn't appear that he ever found it embarrassing that he wasn't you know, able to do something maybe or, or whatever, but he was, like you said, wicked smart in the classroom. He was, he's one kid that I, you know, as I've reflected on time teaching, typically, especially when you're teaching middle school and high school kids, the teacher is probably the smartest one in the room uh, on most concepts, most ideas. That definitely was not the case with John D. sitting in my class. I knew that <laughs> more than once he was probably the smarter person in the room, uh, and I was just trying to help guide him uh, into, into different ideas and different concepts, stretch him as much as I could stretch him. And it was, it was great having him in class. I I loved it. Well, thank you. I, he really enjoyed the atmosphere here. And I, you know, when you have a smart kid, a lot of times the material is not necessarily the most important thing about school. And that was another major reason we picked CBA because of the life skills Mm. and it's not that he didn't have those life skills but I wanted him to be in an environment where those in an environment where those life skills were celebrated because then things like bullying were not accepted and I think your self-worth gets developed fairly early and I wanted him in an environment that celebrated him for what he is and not you know have some kid poke fun of him because of what he isn't right and um and that really is what happened here and there's all kinds of kids here and everybody is celebrated for what they are yeah well and you bringing up the life skills and lifelong guidelines you know that's a staple of of who we are it's in our mission that we're going to help kids learn these Um, and i think that's an interesting thing looking from the outside in you know, these are citizenship skills that everybody should have. I mean, we want everybody to have these. It would be great if all the adults we interacted with had these life skills of being truthful and being trustworthy and, and you know, showing friendship and caring. And we know, you know, you look at the world that we live in today and it's like we wish more people had these, right? Right. Um, but to say that it we don't have conflict would not be true. We do have conflict, but it's looking at it through the lens of life skills, lifelong guidelines in the community to say, let's embrace this as a community. Let's work through this. Like, let's not let this continue to divide us. Let's work through this, this issue and bring the community closer. Well, and what the magic of CBA is, is you can have life skills and you can sit in a classroom with the teacher in the front of the class. 
they don't really ever get tested that way because you have a leader and then the kids are the soldiers and they yeah. have to follow what the teacher says. But CBA through project-based learning and Harkness, they make you be a collaborative group yeah. because of the way you teach. And so you have to automatically interact with everybody where they are and what they bring and their weaknesses and their strengths. And so it's like a, it's like a testing ground every day for how to deal with humanity around academic issues. And I think he benefited just tremendously from that. Yeah. Well, and, you know, for people that may not know you uh, and your family, the, the Cobbs have really been part of, of our growth in 10 years. You guys have been a major part of that growth. And, oh, thank you. Uh, you know, your husband, um, who's also John, right? Right. Uh, came and, uh, you know, he helped us out whenever we needed uh, a math teacher when when Miss Kennedy was on maternity leave and and he stepped into that role and helped us there and he he has continued to help us out in multiple ways and and just embraced the community um, even after John D had left um, you guys have continued to to partner with us and be involved and and I know I really appreciate that Thank and you. what you guys have have meant to CBA as we've grown so that community involvement piece that that connection of of a family to their school is something that we strive for every day with all of our families. We want this to be your whole family being part of what we do. And so um, early on, you know, you guys came in whenever we had a faculty of about three or four people for the upper school. You know, we had a principal and guidance counselor and about three, four teachers. Um, and so we didn't have all the offerings that we have now. You know, we've gone from uh, one sports team to 39 sports teams. You know, we've gone from a handful of, of extracurriculars to there's a there's a several different things for kids to be involved in. When you guys were walking into that early on and you're looking at what do you want John D to experience? John D was not an athlete um, and, and, and physical, but no. he was a mental athlete <laughs> while he was here for several things. But when you were looking at like what what you could partner with or what you could help start here, how did you kind of approach that? I, I don't want to speak into something you didn't do. So what? Right. how did you kind of look at that as a parent? Well, I, I generally step back for a few months and watch the organization work because I tend to bulldoze in and I didn't <laughs> want to bulldoze in where I wasn't wanted. It can be counterproductive. And so um, I just kind of watched and you know looked at what you might need. And I know I, at first I helped with future cities mm -hmm. a bit and, um, and that was exciting and interesting. But um, my husband and I were championship debaters way back in the day. Nice. And John David had heard us tell all our war stories. And he came to me one day and said, I want to debate. And I kind of scratched my head because he is moderate to severely deaf. And I just didn't know how that would work. He does hear, but it takes him a while to adjust to new voices. and every debate is a new, two new voices coming at you at full speed um, and I just wasn't sure if he would be able to do it and so I, we took him to a few debate tournaments around town and um, and then I talked to Scott Hussey the English teacher or humanities teacher yeah. um, and took him to a debate and uh, then I took uh, 
Brad Rasmussen to a debate, yeah. and Mrs. Bradley came to a debate, and and I said we'd like to start a team, and um, and so we did, and we had a lot of kids at, at the beginning because there really was nothing, right, you know, there was right. only a few extracurriculars because y'all were just getting off the ground, and. Um, and I took kids all over the state um, and out of state to debate tournaments, and we took middle schoolers to high school debate tournaments, and I taught them how to stand up in front of the room and um, argue both sides of an issue, and it, te you know, it teaches you empathy, it teaches you how to do research, it teaches you how to write really fast, because you have to write pro and con cases, um, and um, that's kind of, how I got involved. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing for people to hear in that is not that you just ask us to start a debate team, but uh, I don't know if people picked up on you saying, I help teach them then how to do this. And you stayed involved in that. We had Scott Hussey on campus that was part of that coach and, and faculty sponsor, but you were meeting with kids every day as well, if not more often than Scott was. <laughs> We, we had club meetings on Wednesday and Thursday, and sometimes we'd meet on Friday if we had a, a uh, tournament on the weekend. And um, we also talked Josh Riggins into helping out as well. Yep. And so, um, yeah, and I did spend a lot of time on that, and it was fun. I, I enjoyed teaching the kids, and I didn't really know what I was doing. So um, they taught me a lot too, um, because I'd come in and I'd start at one level and go, oh, they don't even know what macroeconomics is, you know, so I'd have to dial it back. And, yeah. Um, because I, I think the, the magic of a teacher is they know where the child is on some level, whereas I came in and had no idea. <laughs> so, but it was fun to learn, and the kids um, were outgoing, I think, because, they, and they were unafraid to tell me when I was doing it wrong, and I think a lot of that is the environment at CBA, is the teachers welcome the kids' input. And yeah. I think when you're looking for excellence, it's really important to have a two-way street between who's leading the class and who's learning. Um, because if the kid is not grasping something in one way and the teacher doesn't know that, they have no idea that they're failing to reach that child. And right. I think because of the comfort level that's developed here uh, around the whole classroom experience, I think kids become comfortable and I benefited from that because, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. And the kids would tell me, Mrs. Cobb, you're really, we're lost. Or, you know, <laughs> what are you talking about? Or, right. and, and so I found that refreshing and really yeah. a wonderful experience for me. Well, and that is still one of the, the winningest teams that we've ever had on campus is what uh, the group that John D. was a part of. And I know that he had some really amazing uh, teammates that helped in those debates and and continue to go to some of these very tough debate competitions and come out uh, in the top, if not the top uh, person there. And right. so that was... I some of the kids have gone to UT and they're on their parliamentary debate team. Nice. Um, uh, college debate is a whole nother game. That's like a full-time job. It's like oh, playing wow. sports in college. Yeah. I mean, it's a full-time job. So most of the kids choose not to debate in college. Um, but uh, I think debate is a wonderful experience for kids. It teaches them so many things. It is the ultimate project-based learning because you have a topic. You have to 
go pro and con on it, and you have to go beyond just the platitudes or the knee-jerk reactions. You really have to do in-depth analysis. It teaches uh, media literacy because you have to decide whether a source is good or not. You have to be able to indict a source when you're standing on your feet in the middle of a round and somebody brings in evidence. You have to understand the basis of that study, so you have to understand statistics and you have to understand the political leanings of certain app, um, media sources and yeah. whether they are, you know, rigorous journalistic standards. And so, um, yeah, I'm very happy when kids learn how to debate in, yeah. in school. I think it's important. Well, and even after John D has left, like I said, both you and, and your husband have been continued to stay partnered with us. And, and uh, I see you on campus from time to time as you continue to work with some of our students. This has been the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. If you'd like to find out more about our school, you can visit us on our website, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org, or you can find us on social media sites at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope that you have a wonderful day. <laughs>